Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. Music conversations with one big question. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. My name's Keith Hall. I am your host, and this is episode number 18. This is our second part of the conversation with Luciana Souza, who is a fantastic vocalist, composer, and poet, and all-around amazing human being. I uh, hope you enjoyed the first part of that conversation, and she has some really uh, inspiring stories to talk about. So let's get right into the second half of our conversation with Luciana Sosa. I love the way that you and uh, Donnie McCaslin have have played together. You know, I always remember the the I always go back to your record North and South, um, and you know, No Wonder, and that. That's one of my yeah. favorite songs, period. But ah, the the I way thank you. the way you guys play together and and he I, is yeah he's Donnie's. someone you know we spent we go back to Berkeley we started Berkeley together the two of us and wow. Danilo and I was a fan I mean they were my friends I mean they knew there were very few girls at Berkeley or women I should say at that time right so you kind of knew each other but I was a fan already of these guys when I was eighteen nineteen because they were already the players that they are, but they were just less formed, yeah. meaning, but, but the seed and the beauty and the, the, the curiosity that both of them carry was already there. Then we had all our years together uh, in Motherland in Danilo's band yeah. where we yeah. toured extensively and worked so much. And Donnie is someone that I, I really truly love as a human being oh. because he's fundamentally just a good solid man he as is. a person. And, uh, and then as a musician, I mean, just an explorer. You know, somebody yeah. who keeps looking at it's so modern, right? In his sound. Yeah. I'm so happy yeah. for his success, too. Oh, you know? God. But Donnie doesn't change. You know, I just saw him, like, physically, we saw each other at NEC a um, couple of years ago before COVID. And he was teaching, and I was coming in to do a residency there at the conservatory. Uh, and it's still the same thing. He's like, we want to grab, grab breakfast. Yeah, let's grab breakfast. So, eight in the morning, we're yeah, grabbing breakfast before yeah. we're going to teach. And it's the same thing. Yeah. You know? No matter how famous or, or, you know, up you think somebody is, Donnie is somebody who, he's all about the work. He's all about the music. He's all, you know, yeah. that would never get to his, I mean, no one that I know really in jazz. Even when I, I've had a chance and I've been very privileged to, to be able to be uh, sitting alongside and playing with or traveling with legends, right, of people that you and I know who are in their 80s now. And, yeah. and, and these folks, there's nothing star about them. There's nothing. They're just the most, the, the simplest, most kind people that you know and Always ready to play. Always about the music. No BS. Always about the music. Yeah. And that's what that's why jazz is also so incredible, is that anytime anybody I feel has tried to insert that kind of energy in the music, the music takes care of it. Mm-hmm. The music pushes that stuff aside. You know, if you're not about the music, if you're not here to give and contribute to this art form that we love, and that has to exist after we are here. Right. It's come from before. It's going to keep going. Yeah. If you can't put in your two, two, you know, cents into this thing, then don't don't come. You know, don't don't be a part of it. And I feel that. I feel that the people who are who have that kind of energy, they get pushed away, and, and the good people stay and continue. Yeah. And Donnie is a great example of that. He's a contributor. You know, and that's that's what we need in this music. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's a special special cat. With so many uh, wonderful musicians that you've you've collaborated with over the years, you must have a recording or a performance story that you'd like to share. 
could I share two short ones? Absolutely. Okay, so I'll give you a Brazilian one and then one in the U.S. So I was making a record with the great Hermeto Pascual in 1992. It's a record called Festa dos Deuses or Party of the Gods. And uh, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant record. Not because I'm in it, just Hermeto was in fine form. They hadn't made a record in a long time, him and his band. So we were in the studio. We're in Rio. I get flown to Rio from Sao Paulo. I live in Sao Paulo, so I get flown to Rio. And I'm feeling so blessed. He called me and he said, you know, I want you to sing maybe two, three things on the record. Great. So I come. I learn this music while they're recording other stuff. It's tough. It's very complex. Wordless music, mostly. And uh, Rio has, Rio's famous for these torrential rains that come in the summer. So it, it rains to the point of, you know, immediate floods and, you know, electricity goes out. So we are in the studio in this area of Rio, which is kind of remote. Now it's very populated, but this is in 1992, I think, 1991, a long time ago. And so it's, it's like a, away from, you know, the, the hustle and bustle. So we go to the studio, we're recording there for days, and I'm singing more and more. You know, I, I started with two songs, then he gave me another one, then learn this thing, go out there and learn it. And, you know, so I'm like struggling and learning. So it's not a relaxed situation for me. And then this rain, the rain starts and we're stuck in the studio. So he says, you know, let's just push through. We're, gonna, we're stuck here. We can't get back to where we came from. We can't get back to our hotels and him to his house. So let's just push through and keep recording. So we're exhausted late at night, the wee hours of the morning now. And there's so much rain. We are in the, the, I'm in the middle of a take. I'm in the booth, in the vocal booth, and everybody's in the studio, but recording live. So I'm separated from everybody. But And Hermeto brings the entire household into the studio. So car parts, because he wants to play percussion on it. Tea kettles, you know, pieces yeah. of furniture. I mean, you name it. I'm not kidding. This is there are photos of this, and of you know, and I'll, I'll send you one. I promise. <laughs> I of the, the the floor of the studio is crowded with stuff you can't even walk through so we are recording all of a sudden i'm like da, 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 da. and then pitch silence pitch black everything no sound completely dark and completely i mean a silence i've never heard because you're in a studio which is already you know sealed yeah. and then completely no sound no vibration no frequencies no nothing oh my gosh got headphones on and now my heart is racing because i'm like what happened and no lights, no emergency lights, no nothing. So I take my headphones off and I kind of, you know, touch <laughs> yeah, things and like right. walk out, try to open the door to my little booth. And then everybody's like quiet and silence. And I have to say it was almost a, a, an experience of um, like, a, like a mythical kind of thing. Hermeto, who's albino and nearly blind, hmm. comes out from the, wherever he was standing in the studio and says, follow me. And one by one, Without tripping on anything, without falling, without anything, we all kind of walked behind him, just listening to his voice. And we could, drummer came out, you know, Marcia Bahia. This drummer comes out, of, out from the drum set. The saxophone player comes out of his booth. Piano player, keyboard player. I mean, everybody just comes out, and we follow Hermeto without tripping, without bumping, without anything. He led us to the door because he's blind, so he can see, <laughs> and none of us can see. Right. And the lesson for me that day was that I was so attached to whatever idea, you know, I'm come, going to Rio to sing with my godfather to do two songs or three songs. And then all of a sudden, the, everything shifted and changed. And I'm on half the record, maybe seven, eight songs. Same thing happened with the Yellow Jackets where I'm in the studio. They're like, can you sing one more and one more and one more? And then I end up <laughs> on half the record, which is that lesson I learned then and there with Hermeto, which is be ready hmm. and also be not ready. Just live in that crossword, you know, the crossroads of 
having and not having, knowing and not knowing. So don't attach yourself to anything, mm. including the space and the sound and ideas that you have. And mm. to be able to live like that, you have to, in many ways, be blind. I'm using a metaphor here. Mm -hmm. I'm not wishing for people to be blind in any way or making any kind of disrespectful comment about it. But just if you think you can see everything all the time, you miss a lot of stuff. You know, so it's it's this Zen idea of living, living with this impermanence, living with the not knowing, also planning, but not attaching. So it just it's such a deep life lesson. So that's one story. The other story that when you were asking me the question, I thought about Herbie and Wayne. Um, I'm in I'm, this is many years later. I don't know, 2000. And I don't even know, eight, nine, ten or something, nine, maybe uh, I'm in Europe doing some kind of tour with my own project. And then I get a call from Universal, which was my label at the time, saying, Herbie and Wayne and those guys, they are promoting Herbie's record. They happen to be needing someone to come in. Somebody was going to come and sing a song on a TV show. Can you go and do it? I was like, no, I'm in the middle of my tour. No, but it's on your day off tomorrow. Can you come and do this thing and then fly back? I think I was in Portugal or Spain or something, and they said, can you fly to France and do it? And oh, sure, I mean, they're paying everything. They're taking care of it. Can you come and do this? It's Herbie, of course. I had just been on his record. Yeah. I'll do it, you know? I had been very sick on my tour, just with a, some sort of upper respiratory mm. thing. So I wasn't feeling a thousand percent. And again, worried, I'm going to go, and those guys are there, and they're the, these legends. But then the label said, we really need you, can you come? And I just went, okay, I'm going to go. And I said yes, which is one of the things that I tell people. Learn how to say no, because that's very important, but also say a lot of yes. Because yeah, you, yeah. you never know. You know, it may be great. So I go to this... I. They pick me up, cars are coming, things like put me on a plane. I go, somebody has a pill for me, like one of those Sudafed, special Sudafeds. Oh, yeah. That will clear everything. I take uh, it. Uh, I'm feeling so good. In many ways, I'm feeling really good because uh, I'm like now disconnected from the world because, you know, the antihistamine has gone through my head now. Yeah, yeah. So I feel much better for singing. I get to this TV station and I'm literally shaking hands with Brian Blade. Hey, John, John, I knew very well. I knew Brian from yeah. old recordings with Adam Rogers and, yeah. you know, Vinny, Dave Vinny and all, yeah. I mean, just another, another crowd. And Wayne, I've known, you know, for a minute, but, um, I'm, you know, these are like, you bow to these people, you walk, you know, you worship the floor where they step on. So I'm coming in and I'm going to do, so they do makeup very quickly. I'm doing makeup with Herbie in the makeup room and Herbie's putting concealer on and I'm putting, it's just so sweet, you know? <laughs> and then we go to this thing and TV, I've done TV a few times, you know, shows and whatnot. You have to rehearse the spots because they can, they have to work the lighting Camera, and get yeah. an idea and, yeah. So you do a kind of a line check. Is it good? Is it good? Yeah, it feels good. Great. You know, monitors in here, stuff, whatever. And so Herbie's over here. Uh, I'm here. John is here. Wayne is right here. Like next to me, I can touch Wayne. Oh, Brian is over there. And I'm just in this space. And there's an audience because it's a TV in France and it's a live kind of show. And there's a, ta a round table with a bunch of intellectuals talking. And then eventually they're going to break and come to us. So we got to do this rehearsal now. And we start playing. And it's this Joni Mitchell song called Amelia. And I mm. barely can remember the lyrics because now the Sudafed is really kicking in. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, <laughs> please, dear God. Let me remember something, or at least make some good words come out of my mouth, you know, yeah, yeah. Not, not bad ones. And then Herbie starts playing, and it's all very fluid. I mean, there's nobody counts. Nobody tells you what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. it, those guys, you know, they travel in a different hemisphere, you know. It's like yeah, they, their plane doesn't make any noise, you know, when it takes <laughs> off. It's like it's another thing. So I am literally just like, I mean, flying. You know, and, and in many ways, free falling from a plane, feeling completely disoriented. 
Like, uh-huh. what has happened to me? I was doing my little tour with my guys <laughs> where I know how to count off. Everything is great. And here it's like, Herbie just starts an intro. It's like, there's nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. And then Wayne plays a few things and then John comes in and Brian and I just come in with the lyrics and somehow everything happens. And it's brilliant. And we play and it's, my skin is lifted from my body. I'm just in, I mean, I can't even tell, talk about the zone. I've been in the zone a few times. This was not the zone. This was something else, right? I was... I was floating. I was, I mean, I feel like crying because it was like a physical experience, but also Mm. emotional and spiritual, but not because of my ego. It was exactly the opposite. It was because I had no control of anything. I mean, I was in a completely different environment with these guys, but I felt taken care of. I I had no fear in many ways. Mm. So we play and then the guy cuts us off like at the close to the, like we kind of played, you know, the thing. And then the TV guy says, okay, okay, that was a good one. Okay, we'll do it again. Here we go. Now, now it's for real. <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> Wayne turns around, Keith, I'm not kidding. He turns around to me like I'm, he's right here. Yeah. He's right, I mean, the piano, the butt of the piano is right here, you know. Yeah. And I'm kind of back a little bit closer to John and, and, and Wayne. Wayne turns to me and to, to John and to Brian to this side of the room. Doesn't say to her. Yeah. He says, that was it. We'll never find it again. <laughs> And of course we did, and it was just as beautiful and, and, and just as an experience. But there was something about that kind of thing where nobody talked, mm-hmm. where nobody spoke a word. Nobody, I knew what was going to happen somehow. I'd fit in, and they fit in. And it was just so just, just deep and special in a way that you know when you felt. I mean, you've been in musical situations, I'm sure, like that, where yeah. you just know this is what we came here to do as yeah. musicians, is to connect deeply this way. Without anybody ruling, without anybody saying anything, we we speak this language that's telepathic in a way, mm-hmm. where if we trust this moment, and we certainly did, mm. but it was so beautiful in the end, we're all hugging. I mean, of course, we did it again, and people went crazy, and it was so beautiful. I've never seen a tape of this. I've never heard it, but I know it was good. I mean, I, you know, you could tell that it was good because it felt good, and then it was just beautiful communing and hugging and just happy. I remember Herbie being smiling and everybody happy just the joy that we, mm. we created for ourselves and for others. Those experiences for me, just of the teaching of Hermeto, of just the trust of that moment, and then Herbie and Wayne, the same thing, but in a different way, where I was, you know, the privilege here is to be, to be in the company of those people and to learn, and hopefully, you know, to be able to create that. Not that I search for that, but I certainly would love to be able to be a leader that can operate on that level, you know, of trust, of uh, trusting the people that I call in to be in my music also, that they're, they're there, we're all there for the same reason, that we love this thing that we do so yeah. much, you know, and the egos get pushed aside, and we just go for the, the common goal. You know? Yeah, well, you talk about being a leader and doing that, I mean, that's what you did the one time I got to play with you, oh. I mean, you really did create that kind of an atmosphere where I, I did, I felt free, um, also a little out of control because I didn't know all the music and I wasn't sure what you wanted. And, you know, I was there to serve you in the music. And, and, but you oh, made, you you made yeah. it so comfortable, though. Um, and, and that's really one thing that made it really memorable was just I just felt like we were just there to make music and there was no, no judgment and we were just, just speaking the language. You know, I feel this responsibility as a teacher also because a lot of the teaching that I see being done, and, and I've done myself, believe me, is, is always like with a goal, right? The goal is to learn and I have to share and you have to learn and mm-hmm. absorb. And sometimes it isn't a straight line. 
you know, in terms of communicating because right. the person is not ready to receive or you're not, that day not good to give, you know. Yeah. But what is that person needing that day that you can be in service of mm -hmm. in the music? We're not going to necessarily, it's not about therapy either. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah. my lessons are really about music, I find. But sometimes you have to go through a little bit of the talking to get to the music. But then when you get to the music, what is it leading? Where, where do we need to go today? Mm -hmm. I, my job is to teach this concept here. Right. Of whatever it is that I, I prepared for yeah. this thing. But do I need to do exactly the steps that I prepared for and what I think is right? Or can I go the way this person needs me to go? You know, and what I find is that when we do that, it's joyous. Mm -hmm. It's not laborious. It's not effortful yeah. for anybody. And the student actually gets it and goes home and then comes back with a lot of stuff. And then it leads and it guides. You know, I've okay. been so wrong at times with students like, oh, this person really needs, you know, And I go in with an agenda, and that agenda, I still teach what I need, but in a completely different way. Right. And so I'm, I'm aware of that now, and as a as a 50 some year old teacher now, I'm, I I like to go in the room and you know almost like pray before, like okay, here mm -hmm. I go, I'm going to encounter this person today. May I be of service yeah. to this human being, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes it's a bit of talking, sometimes it's a bit of listening, sometimes mm -hmm. they want to share something that they've done before we start, and that leads the lesson into a. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was so great you did that. Let's pick on that. And I can teach all the harmony, your training, whatever I want from that experience, which Ooh. is theirs. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said earlier about you know, being prepared and planning, but not being attached to that. Yeah. And being flexible yeah. and open. Yeah. Um, not easy to do always because the world requires that we are so, you know, come on, show up and be prepared. And, and, yeah. and, we, and I do and you do. You know, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. But it's also nice to leave, leave room for that unexpected thing that could be even richer. Mm. Wow. That's great. Well, thank you so much for ah, thank you. Here, here's time. that hug, that hug that oh, we're supposed <laughs> to give each other. Mm. I miss it too. I know what you mean, man. I'm Brazilian. Are you kidding me? We're like on top of each other. This was just fantastic. I appreciate your time and just sharing these wonderful stories. Thank you for having me today. Really appreciate it. Say hi to your family for me and, and Andrew and everybody out there. Likewise. All right. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Keith. Bye -bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, speaking with Luciana was just uh, pure joy. And uh, her enthusiasm uh, and her passion for music and people is just infectious. A special thanks goes out to our great friend, Andrew Rathbun, who reconnected us for this conversation. So thank you, Andrew. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. We look forward to next time. But in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care. <laughs>